say that we are unapologetic, that we have cravings, and they're greater than eggnog. They're greater than a Christmas cookie. They're greater than, I saw someone this last week on their Instagram story made a key lime pie, which is my favorite pie in the world. And I said, I, I, do, I, I was passive aggressive. I didn't say, make me one. I was just like, wow, that looks great. which is passive-aggressive for, where's mine? We all have cravings. We want to talk about craving God, craving the presence of the Lord. The place I crave, I crave to be close to the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you today that you are who you say you are. You can do what you said you would do. And we trust in you. Thank you that you're not a man that you would lie. Thank you that your vows and your promises and your word is true. We say as a church, the grass can wither and the flower can fade, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. We are banking on you and trusting in you. Thank you that you are the great high priest that sits at the right hand of the Father. You intercede and pray for us right now. We thank you for all the things you are planning for us, preparing for us. We say yes and amen to your will and to your way. We turn to you and we look to you. And God, we thank you as a church that this year you're giving the Lakers an NBA championship. We thank you that it will be under the mistletoe in our stocking and wrapped under a tree. We thank you for it in Jesus' his name and everybody said together come on angelinos let's clap and thank god that's a pitiful clap come on i said and the dodgers too let's throw in a little sugar okay i don't know if you um have your favorite place i have a few favorite places in the world one of my favorite places in the whole world is my home my house i don't have one right now but i can imagine it so just love i love my house i'm gonna have one in jesus name two three weeks okay but i just i, I have my favorite places like i love to go on vacation i love palm springs anybody love palm springs i love palm springs. i have one of my favorite places in the whole world is our church offices i like coming into the offices i love to see our staff there tommy two guns who looks after zoe kids Make some noise for Tommy Two Guns and the Zoe Kids team. Aaron is in there. Cow Dog's in there. Nate's in Our whole staff. I love, there's so many places I love. So many places, any restaurants that you love. I still, I'm old school. I still crave sometimes Cheesecake Factory. Anybody else? Like you never graduate past Cheesecake Factory. No one gets too sophisticated. You're like, I'm over it. Really? You're over brown and white bread? Really? You ever be at the Cheesecake Factory and they bring the bread and you put your finger on it and you're like, could you take it back and get me the warm bread? I can't experience revival until you bring me the warm bread. The place I crave. There's all kinds of, I, I crave Cabo San Lucas sometimes. Right now, I've got a, I've got an itch. I'm craving to get to the mountains. I want to go to the mountains and get my kids all bundled up. Go down the, the you know, the, I, I just, I love getting up in, I was going to say snow bunnies, but that's Julia. Come on, somebody. And so, <laughs> place I crave. Okay, Chad, enough. It's about God. You guys are gross. Grow up, man. Well, I want to talk today around the idea, what the writer of Hebrews is really saying. 
He's saying, I run into his heart because I crave the presence of my God. This reminds me of the psalm that David writes in Psalm 42. In Psalm 42, he likens it to a deer that pants after water. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. In other words, he's saying, my soul craving, my soul desires to be with God. Wherever God is, I want to be. Whatever he's doing, I want to be doing. I, I, I don't crave fame. I don't crave fortune. I don't crave this, that, or the other, or pleasure. Like I, I desire, I crave being in God's presence. I love the writer of Hebrews. He says, God is not a man that he should lie. He says, and that is why, because he is true and trustworthy, he says, I run into his presence. I run into his heart. Write down number one today, you run to what you trust. You never turn to anything or anyone that you don't trust. When you go through trial, when you go through tribulation, you got to be careful what you turn to because what you turn to reveals what you trust in. And your coping mechanisms for your pain are a revelation of what you're trusting in to numb what you're going through. So if you trust in the bottle to cope what you're going through, then you're saying, I'm going to use this to fix my pain. If you cope with retail therapy, where the shopper's at? Some of the moms are like, I don't shop. I just get online. Same thing. New era. But whatever you, you turn to, it's a revelation of what you trust in. He's saying, I'm running into his heart. Why do I run to his heart? Because I trust in him the most. This reminds me of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with half of your heart. Trust in the Lord with a good Christian percentage of your heart? No, it says actually we trust and we, we fall back. I take all of my worry, all of my anxiety, all of my pain, everything that's pressing me and making me feel anxious, and I fall back and I trust in Him. I trust in the name of the Lord. I, the Bible says the name of the Lord is, is such a strong tower that the righteous run into it and they are safe. What the writer of Hebrews is saying is I run into his heart because it's in his heart that I find the most safety. It's in his heart that I find the most shadow. It's in his heart I find what my soul is craving. you got to be careful that you don't turn to temporary solutions when you need an actual everlasting fix. So you can eat your way into that good, happy feeling. You can drink your way. Those pills can help you tonight, but it won't solve the bigger issue and the real problem. I'm not trusting in temporary solutions that can band-aid things. I need a greater physician that can stitch some things together in my life and bring healing and wholeness to who I am. So I run into his heart. You'll never, you'll never run into something you don't trust. 
the thing about trust that's so interesting is that you, you don't walk up to people and go, I trust you. It's just innate. You sense it and you go, I trust them. And you don't walk up to people and say, I stopped trusting you, but it's innate and you sense it. And you go, I don't know if I can trust this person. Trust is such a superior deal. It is a wonderful thing to be loved. It's a greater thing to be trusted. It's a great thing to be celebrated. It's a greater thing to be respected. And we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We trust in God. Why, why do I trust in God? Because watch the next thing he says. He says, I run into his heart. Some of you ought to get better. Instead of walking into his heart, you should run to his heart. In other words, I'm, I'm, I gotta get, I gotta pray right now. I gotta get to church today. I gotta turn on some worship music. I gotta get into my connect group. I gotta go through growth track. I gotta run into his heart. When the Bible says flee from temptation, it doesn't say walk slowly from the devil. It says run from the devil. You gotta get good at running in your faith. Running in your faith will, will help you. Almost all the time, except for this one worship leader I know. We, they were, a few years ago, Hillsong came out with this song, We Are Running. And, and, and so he thought it would be good to bring it on himself to start running in the service. It's never a good idea to run in church unless it gets too wild. And so this guy started running. We are running. Well, on the stage, someone had spilled a water bottle, and he, and he flipped up, and he broke his knee. So then he had to lead the rest of the song, We Are Lying. <laughs> Running your faith almost works every time except for when you're on stage and a water bottle is there. But you need to get good at running away from temptation and running to the presence of the Lord. So I run into his heart. Why? Because watch what he says in, in this next part of the scripture. Look, look at here as it comes on the screen in verse 18. Uh, and now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. Write down number two today. Hide in his faithfulness. So we have run into his heart. Why? Just to be there? No. I'm hiding my life. I am hiding myself in his faithfulness. By the way, faithfulness is his nature and faithfulness is his activity. So in other words, faithfulness is who he is, but faithfulness is what he does. He's a faithful God. In fact, the Bible says he is faithful to a thousand generations. The Bible says we woke up in Lamentations 3. We have new faithfulness every day. God is faithful to deliver. He is faithful to heal. He is faithful to provide. He is faithful to bring comfort. Is anybody thankful today that we serve the most faithful God? He is faithful. Somebody clap and just thank God. I serve a God of faithfulness today. So we run into his heart. And we hide our lives in his faithfulness. I like this because this reminds me of Psalm 91. Psalm 91, watch how the writer of Psalm says this. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. So wh why do I run into his heart? Because I can hide. He becomes my shadow. He, he, he becomes my refuge. A few, few Sundays ago, we were in, in New York, and, and, and on this Sunday, it was raining, and New York rain is real. And so we were looking for, from our hotel, these umbrellas so that when the downpour happened, we could find a, a, little, a little refuge, a little safety. Some of us go through such 
tumultuous seasons, hardships, trials, tribulation. You ever feel like in life when it rains, it pours? Like, God, I can't handle another bad report. I can't go through another bad thing. I'm looking at my friend Clayton down here in the third row, and Clayton and his wife a couple weeks ago were up skiing, having a good time, and his wife, they got two kids, she tore her ACL and MCL. Dear Jesus, help me. If mom goes down, the whole house goes down. So they had to fly back from Colorado back to L.A. When it rains, it pours sometimes. And why do I run into his heart? Because I need to find refuge, and I need to find shade, and I need to find safety. I can hide in his faithfulness. You have to understand, the way God works is different than the way we work. God's math is different. God's kingdom is counterintuitive. God says the first shall be last. The greatest of all is the servant of all. So when you go through trial when you go through storm God doesn't say go out there and fight he says come in here and go ahead and hide some of us think that when we go through the hardest times we got to go out and we got to solve it all and fix it all and make it all happen but what is Paul saying to this Jewish community he's saying that what you used to do you used to go work your way and discipline your way and fast your way and tithe your way into grace he says in this new kingdom in this new realm you hide in his faithfulness and you get under his umbrella and God will fight your battles this is that new song that's going viral. This is how I fight my battles. How do I fight my battles? Through discipline and religiosity and strength. No, it's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by the spirit of the living God. So I'm going to hide in his faith. It becomes a canopy. It becomes a refuge. It becomes a shadow. I run into his heart. Why? Because when the enemy's coming after me and the enemy's trying to take me out, I don't stand against him. I hide in his presence. I get into my safe place. I get into a refuge. I have a canopy now. I have a shelter now. I have a refuge now. I'm in a safe place. I'm, I'm hiding in his faithfulness. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is when they're getting ready to go out to the battle and they got all the guys that look like they're from Equinox and they're ready to go and, you know, they, they're ready to go fight the battle. And, and God says, okay, get them all lined up. Get them everybody ready. And God says, this is how we're going to fight this battle. We're going to put the worshipers on the front line. And we're going to put the equinox fellas in the back line. And we're going to praise our way into victory. We're going to worship. So let the worshipers go forward. Some of us have to understand. We think we need, we need more of this. We need more of that. And we need more of the other. No, you need to hide. Say, so God, I'm, I'm just, you are so faithful. You know, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. So I hide in his, God, you are so faithful. You are faithful. Thank you. I woke up. My family woke up. My city woke up to new faithfulness today. So I'm just going to, I'm going to let you, this is how I fight my battles. You, you fight the battle, God. You, you sort the details, Lord. You, you protect me. You, I'm just going to, I'm running into your heart so I can just abide under the shadow of your wing I need refuge. I need safety. Am I preaching to anybody today that needs the faithfulness of the Lord in your life like never before? You don't need to fight. You don't need to battle. You need to hide in God. 
So he says we run into his heart because he's not a God that he would lie. His, his vows are true. His word is true. I run into his heart. I hide in his faithfulness. I just rest in his shadow. And he says it's there. This is the place I crave. It is there that I find. What did he say? He said I find strength. I find his comfort. And I find even the empowerment to go pursue what God has already taken hold of for my life. Watch how he says in this, I don't want to mix his words. Watch what Paul says here. This is beautiful writing. I'm sorry, the writer of Hebrews. Watch what he says here. He says, this is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. Write down number three today. Everything I need is in his presence. Everything that I need is found in the presence of God. There is nothing missing from it. There is nothing that I need to go add on to it. Everything that you need for what you're going through and what you're facing, for what God has planned for you, everything that you need is found in His presence. He says, I run into His heart, I hide in His faithfulness, and it's here while I'm hiding out. Not while I'm out going, doing, performing, building, striving, earning. It is here that I find what? I find His strength, I find His comfort, I find His empowerment, I find an unshakable hope. I feel like clapping right now because I know I, it's the place I crave. I crave like a deer panteth for the water. I crave. Somebody clap and thank God. We are hungry and Desperate for the presence of the Lord. Y'all had to forgive me because y'all don't usually yell till 1245, but you get me so excited. Everything I need is found in his presence because when I get in his presence, I stop all my activity and all my do-goodism and all of some of you think that it's on you. You got to work, 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 work. You don't have to. You need to rely on the presence of God. And it's almost like when I'm hiding in his faithfulness and God is allowing things to be sorted out. And I trust God. I trust you in this area. I trust in you in my finances. I trust in you. Fill in the blank for whatever you're going through. I trust you while you're here. Do you ever notice when you're with God, it's like, oh, my gosh. I felt before I ran in here depleted discouraged, I felt anxious, worried, overwhelmed. I felt like I couldn't go another day. But I got into his presence and I have now a newfound strength. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I cannot get renewed strength in Cabo. I love bread and cheesecake, but it cannot renew my strength. It only renews my dad bod. Who am I preaching to right now? All the dads are like. I find strength again. I I find comfort again. Maybe instead of comfort food, you should turn to comfort God. Maybe instead of comfort pills and comfort substance, what if you turn to comfort God? It is here that I find for my soul strength and comfort 
And this third one is very critical because you have to understand how God works. Because the writer says, when I'm in his presence, I find again this newfound empowerment that causes me, did you see the word there? To seize what God has for me. So it's like when I get here, it's like I don't just get strength and I get comfort. It's like all of a sudden it's like, let me back at him. Like, let me go try again. Let me, let me, let me, let me, get, give me a redo. Let me, let me repent. Let me get, let me get right again. I know I messed up. I know I, I didn't do it right. I know I said I'd never do it again. But when I get into his presence, I get empowered to pursue again and to seize again and to run again. Come on, the devil wants to take you out and have you roll over and lay down to your situation. But when you get in the presence of God, you will get newfound strength to chase after the things that God has for your life. Somebody praise God. You'll find a new strength, new comfort, and new empowerment from the grace of Jesus Christ. I love this about God because when I get into his presence, it's not just that I find rest and it's not just that I find shade and it's not just that I find comfort. God is not a coddler. God doesn't just say, oh, you're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. No, God is so good. He will comfort you and empower you. He will comfort you and he will release you. He doesn't ask you to stay in here. Remember, there's a season to build, break down. There's a season to build up. There's a season to hide. There's a season to run. God never asks you to stay in the same spot. God will ask you to hide out so he can can build you up, renew your soul, get you fired up, and then he will ask you to seize what he has already promised over your life. I don't know who I am preaching to, but I felt like telling somebody, your new wave, your new season, your new breath in your lungs is about to hit you and release you. Somebody praise him like it's going to happen. I love this. I love it in the presence of God. I got strength, I've got comfort, and I got empowerment. Who empowers you? Who is it that empowers you? Your boss? Your social media? Your boss? Your, your friend? No. The Holy Spirit empowers me to pursue. I love the word seize because it, 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 it's a ferocious word. It's a tenacious word. It's, it's, not, it's not lackadaisical. It's not just wishy-washy. It's not wondering. Well, 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 let's see what God does in 2019. No, I'm seizing what God has for me in 2019. I'm running after it. I'm running to his heart, and then I'm running out of his presence, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I find newfound strength and newfound comfort in, in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, and, then, and then he gets to this, this lap part, and I'm going to try my best to explain exactly what he's saying here. Because he says, and we find for our lives an unshakable hope. Speaking to the fact that you and I have built our lives on shaky hopes. Hopes that could disappoint. Hopes that could absolutely destroy us. And he's saying for this audience, this Jewish audience, guys, we are no longer building our future on a hope that can disappear. On a hope that is man-made. On a hope that banks itself off religious duty. We are now banking our lives on an unshakable hope. 
You're going to need this for the time of tribulation. You're going to need this for the day of trial. I have gone through seasons in my life where I have had to cry myself to sleep. I have gone through seasons of my life in different situations where I needed something to anchor my life, something to get, build in me a hope which does not disappoint. I'm not going off circumstance. I'm not going off what I see. It could be rainy outside. It could be cloudy. It could be down, downpour, but I am still having a hope that doesn't disappoint. I wonder if you can get into the presence of the Lord because in the presence of God, that when you run into it, and you, you remember, you'll only turn to God if you trust God. If you trust God as your source, you'll run to him. If you don't think God is the solution, you'll turn to this, that, or the other. But when you trust in God, you say, God is everything that I need, you'll run to his heart. And when you get there, you can just hide out. And when you get there, I promise you, he'll give you the strength that you need, newfound strength. He'll give you the comfort you need. He'll empower you. He will give you a hope. Everybody else should go, you should be hopeless, but you're hopeful. Everybody else should say, throw in the towel. This thing's done. God has give you a hope which does not disappoint. A hope that is so unshakable. We live in a society that is so shaky. Every day is shaky. Our culture is shaky. Our country is shaky. Our, our world system is shaky. But I'm telling you, when you trust in Jesus, you will have a hope that cannot be shaken. You can't shake my God. My God already defeated the grave. He already defeated sin. And he's not about to stop right now. Somebody just clap and thank God. I am building my life on an unshakable hope. Worship team, you come join me. And I want to just show you how he ends this, this last thought here. And look at verse 19. He says, we have this certain hope. It's an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope, like an unshakable hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Will you... Write down the last point today. He's trying to anchor me in his love. So we have for us now, in fact, let me read it in the NIV translation, Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now this, this anchor is one of the key symbols of Christianity. We have the cross and we have the anchor. The cross which symbolizes for us his death and his resurrection. Where our sins were paid for once and for all. So symbolism, we can look at the cross, people wear it, they tattoo it. And we can look at the cross, for, it represents our freedom. I'm no longer a slave to sin. But the anchor, the anchor symbolizes that our souls are now anchored in Christ alone. What is he saying here? He's saying, guys, don't you for one second go back to your old ways. Don't you for one minute think that it's a better life in the old way. Throw down your anchors of belief and be anchored in Christ himself. He said, when you're anchored in Christ, the devil will try and pull you up. This is Los Angeles in a nutshell. Many of us have moved here from all over the world. And you get to L.A., and what does L.A. want to do? It wants to uproot your belief system. It wants to uproot your values. What is he saying? No, no, no. There is not a better way. There is not a better destiny. There is not a better option. He's saying anchor your souls into Christ himself. When you anchor yourself in God, 
He is now for us on our souls, firm and secure. So I can go through these things that are trying to uproot me and uplift me and trying to get me into a panic, trying to get me into a frenzy, trying to get my eyes on this, that, and the other. And all I have to say is, no, I've run into his heart. I'm hiding in his presence. And I have found for my soul a firm and secure place. It is in Christ alone. When you understand that your soul is secure in Jesus, you will never have to face another day of legalism the rest of your life. You will never face another day of condemnation and shame because the devil wants to convince you that you got to uproot yourself from Christ and start making stuff happen and do it yourself, and then God will bless you. Now, God will bless you the firmer your secure foundation is in Christ himself. You'll say, it's not up to me. It's up to Jesus. I wonder... If you've found a good place to drop your anchor. We were on a boat the other day and out in the middle of the ocean, the captain of the boat, he said, you know, if we want to, this right here, in the middle of nowhere, this right here would be a good place to drop our anchor if we want. And I thought to myself, why? Why is this place better than over there? Better over there. He knew from experience this is a good place to drop our anchor. You drop your anchor and it is solidifying. I'm safe here. I'm good here. The wind starts to howl. The waves start to roar. I'm good because I'm anchored. Don't you let the enemy uproot your anchor. Don't you let your situation shift you, being tossed to and fro from the waves of the sea. Don't let your circumstance get the better half of you. God is not a man that he would lie. Run into his heart. Hide in his faithfulness. Get your strength back. Get your comfort back. Get your vision back. To seize the day. Get a hope in your life that cannot disappoint. And drop your anchor in Christ himself.